Hello, welcome to another episode of Hope with Danny, a podcast dedicated to inspire listeners everywhere with weekly stories and personal testimonies from our wide range of guests. I'm your host, Danny Daniel, and thank you for listening. It's of great interest to me today to have uh, Eve Anthony with the Athens Community Council on Aging. We go far back, uh, a long time ago in the dark ages or the bright ages, whichever way you want to put it. I was on the Council on Aging or I was on a committee or I did something because I was always been interested in what seniors are doing and what they're going to do in the future. So, Eve, it's great to have you with us today. Well, it is wonderful to be here. I appreciate the invite to talk to you. I always enjoy talking with you. Well, that's uh, that's great. How did you get involved with the Council on Aging? Oh, goodness. So I have been with the Council on Aging. Um, I just hit 21 years in December, so I've been here for quite a while. When I graduated from college, I knew I wanted to work with older adults, and I wanted to work with older adults living with dementia and Alzheimer's. So years ago, the Council on Aging, we had our adult daycare center that we have in Winder was in this old house in Winder. We served nine clients in that program. And I was hired to be the coordinator for the Winder Adult Day Health. And then throughout the years, my position changed. At one point, I oversaw our all of our adult day centers and then our operations. And then about six years ago, I became the CEO and just incredibly proud Um, to serve this organization and to serve beside so many people who have worked here for so long in this organization and then all of our community partners. Well, didn't you have a predecessor? I did have a predecessor. So the CEO before me, her name was Jenny Deese. And then before her was Catherine Fowler. And Catherine Fowler continues to be a huge part of ACCA and the work that we do specifically with Meals on Wheels for many years, Catherine has served as my mentor. Um, she was ACCA's uh, executive director for for over 20 years. Well, what a mentor. I, I know Catherine personally, and I know that she's put her mark on the ACCOA by many standards. And uh, uh, I used to go to meetings with the legislature and, and her and uh, what the Georgia Council agent, right? Is that still in existence? Yes, that's correct. Yes. So we're, we are members of the Georgia Council on Aging and we work with them every legislative session to advocate for issues that are important to seniors in our community, but also statewide. And for a while, Catherine led the Georgia Council on Aging. Well, I knew that she was a leader from the first time I met her. I didn't have any question about that. And I just want to shout out a little bit for her and also for Jenny Dees because uh, they helped make the council what it is today. And you're trying to finish the process while you're there, I'm sure. Uh, it's it's an ongoing process, no question about that. I, I will tell you that my interest in seniors started way back when I was a member of the General Assembly in the State House, uh, and I didn't serve particularly on any senior committees, but I did try to uh, support senior legislation back then, and, and there was a lot even back then. So uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. (laughs) Well, thank you. Well, thank you. We always appreciate that support for sure. Well, you are certainly qualified to be in the position you're in. And uh, let's go back a little bit to the beginning of the council and how it's progressed since then. Yeah, so we were founded in 1967. Um, A group of athens Clark County citizens came together and, and recognized that there weren't 
there wasn't a nonprofit or an organization specifically serving seniors. And this was at the same time that Medicare passed. It was also um, a couple other major federal legislative um, policies that passed that allowed for these type of programs to start. So Council on Aging started in 1967. It was um, people from the University of Georgia gerontology department. We also had a lot of faith-based leaders, um, people within the athens Clark County government. And it's important for us that we keep the community as part of our name. So we're the Athens Community Council on Aging, and that's because we were founded by community members, but also so much of the work that we do involves the entire community. Um, You know, what I like to tell people, if we're going to do anything well, we're not going to do it alone. Um, And that has been, I think, one of the core of our successes over the last over 50 years um, is that any opportunity that we have to partner with other organizations, um, we do. And throughout the years are, you know, initially, Our founders thought that ACCA would exist to provide low-income housing for seniors. Um, Obviously, that never happened, and instead we provide home and community-based services for seniors. And we started out Athens-Clark County, quickly expanded to the 12-county Northeast Georgia region, and as of this date, we're in over 60 counties in Georgia. So not only have our programs expanded, but the um, geography, of the programs have expanded as well. Well, two things I think are important about what you're saying. One is uh, you're a community-based organization, but yet you partner with so many so that you can expand your services over 60 counties. And everybody is interested in seniors because either they're going to be one one day or they know somebody that is one one day if all goes well. And when you start talking about the basic needs of of any group, any demographic group of uh, food and transportation and opportunities to be meaningful and stay respectful uh, to mm-hmm. build a legacy. Uh, it means a great deal. And I, I, how many partners do you have now? Oh, goodness, hundreds. I, I would say hundreds. You know, some of our key partners are our federal, state, and government funders, um, but then also partners like the United Way and then the Food Bank of Northeast Georgia, We partner with for-profit organizations. I think one of um, our most important partners this year was Epting Events, you know, working with um, your namesake, Daniel, and others to make sure that we were able to provide food to a community when the need was so great because of COVID. So it really depends on what work we're doing um, as to who the community partners are. Well, now you're talking about my relatives. Uh, I don't know whether you know it or not, but uh, Lee Epton is my brother, and Daniel Epton is my nephew. And your origin now, where you're housed now, used to be the station, as I know you well know. Uh, Uh It was created by Lee uh, when he leased it from the railroad, and they had uh, everything from T.K. Hardy's to uh, the Valdosta car to eat in. It was an old railroad uh, car. And uh, it really was great uh, for a lot of good reasons. Uh, and I won't go into some of them, like the three-for-one on Friday afternoons, but uh, <laughs> it uh, has been real meaningful, and it's turned into an excellent location for you guys. It has, and we like to talk about that so many of the people who came to the station for dates, you know, uh, we we talked to some of our, our folks, it's a 
first date they had with their wife was at the station. And then we talked to a lot of people who went and had a few beers at TK Hardy's. And now they're members of our senior center, you know, doing Tai Chi and yoga. So it's definitely come full circle with what this building has been used for. And we love the history of this building. And we love the history of having Lee and Daniel work with us on this project. Um, it really has kind of, you know, again, it's felt like it's full circle. Well, I, most people know Lee uh, for events and weddings and that sort of thing, but they don't know what Daniel is doing with the council uh, as far as basic needs. What does he do? So um, I, I have to back up a little bit to tell that full story, but we, in response to COVID, um, COVID, we had to shut down almost all of our direct service programs and instead, we took all of our resources and we really focused on the immediate needs of the seniors in our community. And that's based on the phone calls we were receiving in March of 2020. And those were food, making sure that people that were sheltering in place, that we were doing safety checks for those vulnerable seniors, and then finding ways that they were homebound, they were isolated, finding ways for them to socially connect with others. So within about Six weeks, we typically serve 180 people with Meals on Wheels. Within six weeks of um, moving all of our resources into those three areas, the Meals on Wheels model, um, we had served almost 2,000 seniors. And it got to a point where our, with so many other issues with food supplies, you know, just our grocery stores, we were struggling but finding vendors who could keep up with the demand for the food that we needed to provide for our community, our traditional vendors couldn't keep up. And so Daniel reached out to me and said, hey, you know, we have a kitchen that's not working right now because, of course, all the events and all the work that they typically do had to close. Um, is there a way that the two of us can work together? So it, it was stars aligning. Um we needed the food, and Epstein was able to provide the food um, for us. So that partnership started. They provided prepared frozen meals. We leased the cotton press so that we could bag groceries. Um, a lot of those items came, a lot of those commodity items came from the Food Bank of Northeast Georgia. Um, and then we, in September, started a partnership with athens Clark County to take our Meals on Wheels model and not just serve older adults, but to serve anyone in athens Clark County that had a food need because of COVID. And so working with Daniel um, and the rest of the team at Epstein, also working with Family Connections, um, Neighborhood Leaders, Athens Farmers Market, um, we, were, we were able to provide food to almost 10,000 athens Clark County residents. And Absolutely could not have done it without Epstein. Um, we knew how to get food out to people, but what we didn't have were the logistics like refrigerated trucks, warehouse space, um, crew members that can help lift heavy items, help us unload trucks, all of those things that Epstein was able to provide for us. So it turned out to be um, a great partnership. And, you know, the icing on the cake is because of this partnership, we were able to keep our entire workforce employed and Epstein was able to provide um, work for many of their staff as well. Well, now I'm sure I know why Daniel got the Spirit of Athens Award. I, I think it goes broad 
in uh, his service to the community and in working with you guys. I, I'll have to say, and with tongue in cheek, uh, there weren't a lot of things that COVID uh, brought out that were positive, but this is one thing that brought out Absolutely. that we can we can make shifts in our service and we can be more innovative and we can uh, help people all at the same time, which mm-hmm. is exactly what you guys are doing. That's The Meals on Wheels program is one of your biggest programs, I, I think, and been most successful. But not only do you provide food, uh, to seniors and others, but you also have transportation over there. That's correct. So we have a, when we look at what is ACC's, ACCA's impact for seniors in our, in our communities, it's like you mentioned, it's food security, it's transportation, um, access to healthcare, social ways to socially connect, and then working with seniors who are under or unemployed. So one of our programs is transportation, and we provide transportation to critical appointments um, in the community, such as going to the doctor, going to the grocery store, going to the pharmacist. But our transportation is also available if you just want to ride to the hairdresser or to the movies with a friend or whatever that need may be. We provide door-to-door and then um, as-needed door-through-door, meaning our drivers can come in and actually assist people out of their home. Um, so it's a specialized type of transportation that we do um, in Athens-Clark County. Well, I'm sure that seniors uh, like independence, but on the other hand, they don't like being shut in and not have access to the community, which they don't drive. Some seniors don't drive anymore. And so you really provide an outlet for seniors to get out, uh, see their wonderful town of Athens or all over where your 60 applications are. And uh, that's real meaningful. Uh, Absolutely. And I, I applaud you for that. Uh, what about uh, pets? Uh, aren't pets a major part of, of seniors who are alone and like to have a pet? Do y'all advocate that? Yes, absolutely. So we know um, that for many seniors, especially like you said, those are homebound, isolated, don't have family in town, or maybe their family doesn't visit often. A pet really is a critical companion um, to so many older adults. And research has shown the positive health impact of owning a pet as a senior. So we do everything that we can to to support that pet ownership. Um, We have a Will's Pet Pantry, which is a pet food program in loving memory of um, Will Seagraves, who is a, a huge lover of all things animals. And when he passed away, his family started the pet pantry with us and continued to support that pantry, along with a grant from Meals on Wheels America. But we provide pet food and to, you know, we do dogs, cats, chickens, goats, you name it. If it's a pet, we're going to help you. Uh, support it. We also have a partnership with the University of Georgia Vet School, and through them, we're able to have vets do home visits to home wellness visits for um, pets to make sure that they're getting their vaccinations and other care that they need. And if there is a emergency or a critical issue, we also have funds to support um, our our clients' pets going into the vet school for care. Uh, let me remind everybody that we're talking to Eve Anthony, and she is the uh, CEO and director, I guess you might say, of the Athens Community Council on Aging, which has major impact on seniors and senior followers, which are people like me that uh, have some seniors we love. And uh, uh, there ought to be a slogan, maybe you've developed it, love a senior. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like uh, that. Because it's yeah. meaningful. 
we don't want seniors in our community and our extended communities to be forgotten in any way at all. We want them to be remembered for their contributions. And sometimes when a senior gets dementia, that makes it more difficult. But I'm sure that you all are aware of that uh, aging process and have some resources to take care of that, the dementia that goes on with seniors. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah, so we, 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 one of our slogans or what we believe is that everyone has the opportunity or should have the opportunity to age well, and that's any phase of that age. So it could be our older adults who are very active, engaged in the community, are here to participate in recreation and wellness activities. And then we span the lifespan to older adults who may be frail for health reasons and then those living with Alzheimer's and dementia. And our adult day health program provides respite for caregivers so they can, an older adult can spend the day with us. We have a nurse on site. We have physical therapists on site activities um, that they do here with us. And then they're able to go home in the evening. This allows the caregiver to continue to work or just take time for themselves and make sure that caregiver stays healthy while the person they're caring for has the opportunity to be out and about. We also have a caregiver support group um, that meets monthly. Right now it's meeting virtual, but we hope to go back in person soon. And, And that is just but it's a group of caregivers who come together to support one another through um, this phase of their life. And then we have a geriatric case manager, and, and what she does is she works with families. Often it may be a long-distance caregiver who has someone living in Athens, and our care manager does a care plan, sets up any needed services that need to be in the home, such as home health care, assistance for transportation, doctor's appointments, things like that. And there are the um, local assistant to help that person with anything they need so that they can continue to live in their own home independently. Well, it's obvious that uh, you folks are the resource for seniors in these six, 60 counties or 60 towns. Uh, you mentioned we serve the- 60 counties. Um, most of our services, the majority of our services are in Athens, Clark County, um, Barrow County, and our surrounding counties. But in total, when you use all, when you look at all fourteen of our programs, we're in over sixty counties. Well, again, I say with no hesitation that y'all are—I say y'all—the Athens Community Council is the resource, the primary resource for information, for services, and for opportunities for seniors. And all you got to do is call. And uh, you got—I've been there before many times. You've got many uh, booklets and books and. Uh, past things that happened in favor of seniors that need to be projected. I think that's the one thing that many of the younger folks don't realize is, A, the senior advantage of uh, that we've been afforded by people that have gone before us that have made life better for us, and we need to, we need to be in a position to try to uh, learn about the senior process, the aging process, and I'm glad that you all uh, fill that gap uh, and you fill it well. Uh, adult day health and long-term care program. I, I did that for most of my career. I sold long-term care insurance. I guess I'm still doing that. And uh, there's a void out there in that, uh, you know, you get to you work all your life and you get to be a senior, maybe that's 65 or even 75, and then you get hit with an unintended illness or uh, an accident or something like that, and then you end up, end up spending most of your uh, resources to take care of that or burdening your family members or 
not getting quality health. Uh, so it's been a real opportunity to to show people those things. But you need to prepare. Uh, mm. uh, and I think that your your long term care. What is an ombudsman? Tell that our listeners what that means. Mm-hmm. So a long term care ombudsman advocates for people living in long-term care facilities. So those would be personal care homes, assisted living and nursing homes. Um, And they have had quite a year this year. Um, As so many people have heard, all of those facilities, and we've heard mostly about nursing homes, how they've been closed to outside visitors. So that includes um, family, friends, and our ombudsmen who are typically in those homes talking to residents and making sure that their rights are being being protected. And this year, um, we've had, you know, stories from families who have been desperate to be in contact with or to see someone living in a nursing home that they care about. And our budsmen have really been the liaison to work with that home and the family to make sure some sort of visit is happening. I mean, there was a story about a family that was they unable to be in touch with someone living in a personal care home for weeks? And one of our ombudsmen was walking around the personal care home, looking in every window until they found um, the resident. Were able to report back to the family member that they were safe. So um, they they in the last couple of months they've been able to go back into these nursing homes and assisted livings and personal care homes, and again can advocate face to face and really recognize some of the needs that um, those residents have. So it's a really important program. It's one that if you're considering um, placing a loved one into a long-term care facility, it's a great first call. They can kind of talk to you about some of the things to look for, some of the things to avoid. Um, just give you advice on how that goes. And then once you have a loved one in a facility, if you're ever concerned about the care that they're receiving, the ombudsmen um, are there to respond and to work with you and that facility to make sure that that person is getting the best care possible. Well, there's no question about it. The ombudsman program has been a major fill in the gap for seniors and their loved ones over the last year, particularly uh, when they couldn't see them. And I applaud that organization and what they're doing and what they're going to continue to do. I mean, we all feel like there's no place like home, really. You've been there 30, 40, 50 years. You'd like to stay in your home, but there comes a time that it's just not possible when you need 24-hour care or dementia care or other care. Uh, When you move to uh, uh, not only being a resource and a place for people to go, you do need volunteers to make this whole organization work right. Yeah. And where are the opportunities for volunteers? Right. So we, prior to COVID, um, we had a lot of very diverse, robust volunteer opportunities. Um, We typically, if you were interested in working with us, you would give our volunteer coordinator a call. She would kind of weed out what your interests were and then place you either as a Meals on Wheels, delivering meals, um, working in our adult day health, we have volunteers over there that would do manicures. We had groups that came in and sang. We have volunteers that assist with light yard work. We have volunteer transportation drivers. Um, so there's just a lot of different opportunities. Because of COVID, um, the volunteer opportunities really were focused around getting food and some of those basic needs to people. So we recruited a lot of new Meals on Wheels volunteers. We also volunteered. Um, or we also recruited volunteers who were grocery shopping 
for folks. And then we had a whole army of uh, volunteers who were doing um, safety check and buddy calls. So during COVID, we we called almost 12,000. We performed almost 12,000 safety check calls. And that was just calling on clients to make sure they were okay. They didn't need anything. Um, they were feeling okay, et cetera. And then we had volunteers doing buddy calls, and that was maybe during one of the safety checks. The senior said, you know, I'm a little lonely. I haven't really talked to anyone for a while. We would link them up with a volunteer who would just call them a couple times a week and just chit-chat. Um, so they just became kind of that lifeline. Um, so we, we very much appreciated having these new people engage with us during COVID. And as we plan to reopen on May 17th, um, will be open for limited capacity, but I imagine our volunteer opportunities are going to start to um, expand again, and we'll be recruiting folks and welcoming folks back to be on campus with us and, and doing some of the work that we do here. Well, you're going to make a lot of seniors happy when all that takes place with the reopening. I don't think there's any question about that. And there are almost unlimited opportunities to be a volunteer. Just call the Athens Community Council on Aging and ask, how can I volunteer? How can I help seniors? How can I help uh, those that have come before us and are going after us, I guess you might say. I, I think it's another opportunity to love a senior. And uh, maybe you can coin that phrase somewhere in your your applications there. But uh, I, I uh, like the idea that you all are, that you are a resource. And because so many people don't understand the aging process because they've never gone through it, but uh, and also they need to be educated on how to provide for seniors, uh, you know. And it's just uh, I'm sure you do that and you do it well. What about your Center for Active Living? Now, what is that? So our Center for Active Living is our rebranded Senior Center. Um, so it provides opportunities for wellness activities. So that's anything from Tai Chi, yoga line dancing. We have um, lectures on financial security, um, fraud and abuse, Medicare, health classes, cooking demonstrations, trips to, um, you know, a year or so ago before COVID, um, they went to Alaska. So there's just a lot of um, fun activities for older adults to do. We also have the Center for Active Living Plus program, and that program um, provides a noonday meal um, for older adults in the community who would like to come and participate in activities, but also have lunch with us. We are very excited as when we reopen, that program will look a little bit different and we're launching a cafe. So we will have um, lunch and meals available for anyone Um that wants to come down to the ACCA campus and it's um, lots of activities going on for everyone to participate in. So we're really excited about some of the changes that are going to happen in that program. Well, if you need a place to get some good fruit food, I know that there's an outfit over there called Epting events and probably help you and Daniel Epting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for that, that process. But it's, uh, I'll tell you, it's, it's, we ought to recognize the fact that it's great to be a senior because we really don't want the alternative uh, and, and that means that uh, we've got a great life to live as seniors and to be supportive uh, and to still influence other people. When you get a senior together with uh, a, a, an elementary student or even a high school student, and a lot of programs around even do uh, opportunities for college-age 
folks. Uh, Athens Church is where I go to church, and we have groups that you can go in and, and be a mentor, you might say, to a small group of college students. Uh, and I just think that, you know, we've been around a little longer, and it's not that we're smarter or anything like that, but we do have experiences that we can share with college-age students and, and the like. I don't know of any greater need uh, that seniors can do except put their experiences to work on folks that need to hear what they've uh, they've done in their life. Uh, and I think this mentoring program just goes on and on and on, and there's never can be enough of it. Do you all do anything like that at all? We do. We do a lot of things like that. Um, we do it in several ways, really, um, at the organization level. It's really important for us, as you've talked about throughout this conversation, is for us to advocate for older adults, but then also to advocate for aging. You know, one of our slogans is aging, everybody's doing it. And, you know, we don't, ageism exists. And we really saw that in COVID when we talked about how COVID only affect older adults and how for many in our population, they didn't feel like it was they didn't need to be as protective because they weren't at risk, but not recognizing the risk that they put on older adults and, and their lives matter. And the fact that we allowed older adults to shelter in place for as long as we did um, devalues older adults. So it's important as an organization that we are constantly celebrating and talking about the contributions, like you've mentioned throughout this call, of older adults. And Part of that is to make sure that younger generations and older adults are working together. So we have a, a very um, a very robust volunteer program with the University of Georgia. We have students down here quite a bit. We have internships with university students. We also do service learning projects with students. And all of that is in an effort to make sure that there is some exposure so that these future generations not only recognize the issues related to aging, but they also recognize all the wonderful things about aging and how valuable an older person is. Um, and then we have structured programs that do this. So we have a foster grandparent program and foster grandparents. It's part of the AmeriCorps Senior Corps Peace Corps program. Um, and senior, I'm sorry, foster grandparents go into elementary schools, preschools, daycares, and they work one-on-one uh, -on -one with students who need just a little bit of extra attention to be successful in a classroom. So they work with teachers very closely who then assign them to students. So that's a great way for the student to gain some of the lessons and the skills from the older adult, but then it's a way, great way also for that student to see the value in the older adult, and then the older adult has a meaningful opportunity um, to be a part of a young person's life. So it's a win-win for all, but anytime we have the opportunity to mix the generations, um, it's a way for us to continue that message about how important it is to value older adults well, and how important it is to support older adults. Well, there's one thread that is woven in our podcast and woven throughout your services and what you do over there. It's called hope. Uh, I always ask our, our interview uh, participants, how do you feel hope is woven throughout your story? I, I look at hope in several ways. I look at it right now and in the time that we're in. The hope 
that I see in abundance right now in my face mask says hope um, is that it's it's like we're coming out of this pandemic. We're still being cautious, but we're able to reemerge. And that hope is because of vaccinations and our ability to protect one another um, from the pandemic. So there's a lot of hope there. Um, in general, the hope that comes from the Council on Aging is that we want people to always look at aging. Like you said, it's not, it's a privilege. Not everyone gets to age. And so we want folks to continue to celebrate it, recognize it, hope for all of the wonderful things that come as we age, the confidence that comes as we age, um, the security that comes as we age, the opportunities to be with people we love, all of those things that come with age. Um, So that's where the hope is, is to not look at aging as something we want to fight, but something we want to embrace. No, you couldn't have said it any better, and I knew that you would. Uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being on with us today. Uh, this is Eve Anthony. She's the I'm gonna call you the director. You maybe you be the big cheese or the CEO or something like that of the Athens Community Council on Aging. She's done a fantastic job, and thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you so much. I've so enjoyed talking with you, and anytime I get a chance to talk about ACCA, I love it. So I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks again. Subscribe to our social media and share your stories on the HopeWithDanny.com website. Remember, it's all about hope. I'm your host, Danny Daniel. This episode was recorded at Vega Studios.